0: Yeah. Good morning, and I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And here with me, as always today, is Good, good morning. What,
1: Matt? Matt? What? What time of day is it? I, man, the sun isn't even up yet, Matt. It's pitch black outside. But I,
0: I, I know it's early, John. Uh, but. But it might open. It might help if you just open your eyes.
1: What? Oh, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, there's there's the sun. <laughs> oh my! It's
0: early, but it's not that early, John.
1: <laughs> this this is <laughs> excuse me, <I> yawn. <laughs> This is this is Pastor Jolly John Lukumski, and I think this is the earliest we have ever ever recorded on wrestling <laughs> with
0: the basics. <laughs> John's trying to gain sympathy from our listeners. Uh, In his plight, getting up early for my sake, I'll admit it, John. I was recording a little earlier than usual, uh, partly because of a funeral and some other things going on. So thank you, John, officially on the air for for meeting a little earlier for my sake.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, you owe me one, Matt. (laughs) Because remember, I'm a retired guy. And and see, see, it's actually what about... Eight thirty, eight forty, even well, yeah, or something that, like I, that. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say, John. Should we tell the listeners how early it really? Is? <laughs> <That's right>.
1: But, <laughs> but as as a retired guy, Matt, I'm I'm lucky to get up at nine in the morning. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, <We're>, right. <laughs> All right. Do um, people really get up before eight thirty? Oh my god, I can't believe that.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, the sun's up, birds are singing. There's people driving their cars. Even it's amazing. <laughs> um, so, by the way, did I did we say This is
0: wrestling Wrestling with the
1: basics. basics. Um, So, Matt, if if you don't mind, I'd like to pick up something that we uh, kind of were talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, actually. uh, The story of the... uh prodigal (laughs) it is too early for me a prodigal son that's what we were talking about you need your tomato (laughs) juice and your english muffin john (laughs) that's right i haven't even had breakfast yet that's absolutely right um so so my wife lynn made a really interesting point uh, as she was listening to our previous shows and and she said you know it's interesting um that that this fellow wanted his share of the inheritance but really what he was asking for he couldn't he couldn't have he couldn't have and i said what do you, what do you mean by that uh and and she said well you know what if you're a, a little uh, a jewish son of a jewish father uh your inheritance would have been money uh it would have been land cuz cuz that's what you have as a family uh, and amongst the Jews, right? In fact, uh, this land would have been going back generations from grandfather and great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather all the way back to when they conquered the promised land. And and of course, uh, Joshua divided up the land amongst the tribes. Uh, that That's what you have for an inheritance. You you have the land. That's What what you would have is you would have the house, uh, which probably started out as a humble home at the very beginning because you just had one family. But then as, as the family grew, as more members to the family came, then the house would expand until it probably would become like a mansion, a house with many rooms. Uh, and, and then of course, the really chief thing about your inheritance would be just that. It would be your, your, your father, your brother, your mother, your sons, uh, or your sisters and, and brothers and aunts and uncles. That would really be. So how can you possibly come to your father and say, mm-hmm. uh, give me my share of the inheritance and then leave? Uh, because by leaving, you actually left the inheritance behind. So what what do you think about that thought, Matt?
0: Well yeah, I, I think that's uh I think that's important. Uh you know, going like you said, John, going back to Israel's history, Old Testament uh, really intentional about what land was given to what clan, what family, and then yeah, that stayed generation for generation. Uh, a lot of history since then, you know, they've been uh, deported and, and to Babylon and brought back, and now the Romans are the ones in charge. Um, so. Uh, but yet, uh, sure. Yeah, I think, you know, especially in terms of just, you know, Jewish heritage and the, for the people of Israel, right? You know, the land is, is a big part of that idea of, of inheritance and what it is to divide the property, to, to give on the property to the next generation,
1: and, and, and that was so important. It just occurred to me that, that you know, they had the year of Jubilee. So if yep. in those years you'd had some difficult times and maybe you'd actually had to kind of give some of your property away to someone else to pay for your bills, you had a bad crop or whatever, and uh, yet every 50 years, no, it would it would come back because that's how it was supposed to be. Uh, and, and then I noticed an interesting thing, and it shows how in my mind I have a concept, but it's not necessarily what the Bible says. Do, do you have the Bible handy? Do you have have that Luke 15 handy, Matt?
0: Always, John. Always. Okay.
1: <laughs> read, read, if you would, what it says in verse 12.
0: Okay, you bet. Uh, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them.
1: And for some reason, in my mind, I had always thought he said, "Give me my share of the inheritance," but but you'll notice he he actually doesn't ask for that. Uh, he he just uh, the, the word there that's translated property actually just the word wealth, and he says, "Just give me my portion uh, of the wealth." And, and by the way, here's another interesting, just as a sidelight that is coming to me that that phrase that is coming to me that that's an odd word in the Greek because. Um, uh, it's also the word that's used for when they drag Jesus away uh, to be crucified. It's the word that is used when they drag the disciples away to be arrested. Uh, it, it's also the word for the water that comes into the boat uh, when they're out in the middle of the storm. And and so I'm not a Greek expert, but I, I, I'm getting the sense that that's kind of a, a negative word, that it's kind of like, give me what's mine. I, that's yeah. Goodbye, yeah. uh good uh, uh but but anyway, the point is is that I guess he even understands all. all he can get is probably uh, a portion of whatever is in the barns, whatever wealth they've accumulated. Uh, but but the real inheritance, which would have been the land, the home, and the family, no, no, you you can't. Take that and leave. No, you have to stay there in order to get the, the real inheritance. Uh, and in fact, the best the father could give him, as the the story illustrates, is is some money that after a while would just disappear, be gone. Uh, you know, vamoose, yeah. uh, vanish. Uh, whereas the real inheritance, no, nope, no, nope. uh, he, he'd lost that
0: completely. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's, that's a better. good insight, John. You know, he's willing to settle for something less. He's willing to settle for something far less than what the father wants to give him. I mean, because the father wants to give him his share. The father loves his younger son. It's his son, right? Uh, But he's willing to settle for far less than what the father's willing to give him. And it's out of selfishness. Uh, It's out of disregard for the father. Uh, And yet the father would have given him so much more
1: and and see that's a neat thought too matt so, so the father's so loving that if well, if that's what you want, I, I will give that to you, but my goodness don't you realize what you're giving up you know yeah. uh, and of course I think the whole lesson to us is obvious because I think we're like that son we, we, we'll we settle for less you know as long as God gives us a good life here as long as I got plenty of money and plenty of earthly and physical blessings you know that's all I really need in fact that's what I spend most of my time praying for is just something that I can have here and today and not necessarily this early in the morning but you know a little later <laughs> uh, uh, if God would give me something to eat and, and, and you know But but yeah, that we would remember. Gosh, that is God. God will do that. He gives us that. He does it every day. But to remember, that's just such a minor insignificant thing compared to the inheritance he's given us of of a kingdom that will last forever an eternal kingdom that uh, a a place in our father's mansions and that's what jesus promises us and and then to have all this wonderful family to have our brother jesus and 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 god our father and and the uh uh uh, brothers and sisters we have who are who are fellow believers and and again the cool thing is unlike what what he gives to the son that will will Disappear. It'll be gone. It'll be used up. No, all of this inheritance. No, no, that'll be ours forever. It'll it'll never end. It'll be an eternal thing. So, uh, any final comment? I just thought that was a nice insight by Lynn, and I wanted to share that with our listeners.
0: No, that's great. I I I think it just punctuates the the story of the the Good Samaritan. I mean, now the Good Samaritan. It's too early, John. (laughs) It is too early, (laughs) I think it, it it just. I think it. uh enriches the story a little bit, but again, the son willing to settle for the temporal things, the temporary things, the, the, the things that are going to fade fast as we see as the story unfolds, as he spends everything, uh, rather than something better that the father wants for him. And, and like you pointed out, John, so often, yeah. what are our prayers about? Are they about the, the things of this world or are they about seeking first the kingdom of God? Uh, as Jesus says in Matthew 6. Uh, oh, man. So it's a good good time to examine ourselves.
1: And that's a perfect passage, too, isn't it? Because when you have the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto you. you yeah,
0: you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah seek yeah. first his kingdom. Yeah, all these other things, are daily bread, uh, the the things that we need for this earthly life, well, no, God will take care of that too. Don't worry about it. But but seek first His kingdom, His righteousness.
1: Oh, and I like that thought because see, that's how our sinful mind works. We think if if we if we get that, if we get that inheritance, we're going to have to give up the other things. And, and no, no, actually, it's yep. the opposite. When you seek the the physical, the earthly, the thing right now, then you do lose. You do lose the eternal things. But when you have the eternal things, oh no, you'll have the things here uh, on this earth. Uh, in yeah. fact, more than what yep. you really. Ever
0: need. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I was just in my own devotional uh, life, John. I was reading from uh, Ephesians just this morning. And Paul there has this beautiful, um, this beautiful line, kind of this doxology in the book of Ephesians where he talks about, he praises God and he says, uh, to the one who is able to do. Far more abundantly than what we ask or imagine. I oh. think that's so beautiful. That oh my goodness, so we like you said, we kind of limit God and think, well, it's either this or that. Um, it's either things temporal or eternal. And well, no, he's well, he's he's like we said last time, a, the prodigal father. He he spends on us, gives us gifts lavishly, recklessly. He gives us all things far more abundantly than what we, we could even ask or imagine.
1: And and that brings to mind yet another passage, Matt. Apparently, the Holy Spirit can work early in the morning. Apparently, he's good not thing retired. for us, it right? Doesn't, <laughs> yeah, doesn't sleep in. Because isn't that what Jesus said? If you, if you seek your life here, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life here, you, you, you'll have it. Uh, uh, and and yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, God is a God of abundance. And even even to think about it, even if the things that we do seem to lack here, uh, uh, and, and we do, we all have things that, that we, we have lost, uh, people we love, care for. Sometimes we're in difficult positions financially and everything. Uh, and, and yet the promise is, well, that happens. Sure, that happens to everybody because this is a sinful world. But again, in, in Jesus, in Christ, what does God say? You'll get back that a hundredfold in the life hereafter. So you just can't, you cannot lose. You cannot lose. Uh, And that brings me to what I wanted to talk about for just a few moments. The fact that what God wants to do is to give us an inheritance. Uh, as you illustrated in the beautiful Bible passages, He will give us what we need for this life. Yeah, the daily bread. He, he's got to do that, but but He wants to give us so much more—an inheritance. And and uh, if you don't mind, uh, again, you got your Bible handy. Read there Matthew twenty five, because I think this is probably just a good summary of what God really wants to give us. It's a picture of the end of the world. But what's yeah. it say, in Matthew twenty five thirty four? Matt,
0: you bet. Uh, Jesus says, "Then the King will say to those on His right." Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit. There's that word, inherit yeah. the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world.
1: And I wonder how many people realize that that idea of an inheritance is actually what the Lord's Supper is all about. Do you think people know that, Matt?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think we make that connection. No, again, we we don't think about the the spiritual inheritance, the spiritual things, uh, but yet. Yeah, that's part of the great blessing that God wants to give.
1: Well, see, because here's part of the problem. Our, our English, our modern translations, or at least the one that we usually use, the ESV, has yeah. kind of changed the way that's spoken. And, and maybe that's obscured things for us. I, I'm not sure it was clear, <laughs> he, even under the old King James. But well, just for comparisons, uh, Matthew twenty six twenty eight, 28, the, the Lord's Supper. Uh, here, right,
0: what's it say in the ESV, Matt? So it says for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins.
1: Now Matt, you know, you're 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 Matt Youngblood Clark. Did you ever work with the uh, the ES uh, the uh, uh King James at all Matt or the when, King what?
0: James John. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Around six, 1611 the gold standard of English translations, right? Um no.
1: You're making me you're making me feel old now. 1611. Yeah, we were using it long after 1611.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean that that that's the English Bible that was used for what? Like the the next 300 plus years. It was the King James version. Uh, so, but but no, John. to Answer your question. I know when I was confirmed, it was we were not using the King James Bible at that time. <laughs> um, no, but, but more the NIV, the New International Version. Okay. Versions, what I do? Uh, uh, and see, there you go. So, so that's the
1: thing. Uh, there really is a generational gap because I was raised with the King James. Now, in my life, yeah. Did we've you Did gone... you
0: know King James? <laughs> no, I didn't know him,
1: <laughs> and I didn't write. On dinosaurs, either <laughs> <laughs> as much as my grandchildren think that I might, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. So, so there you go. We we, we were brought up in that. Uh, although, yeah, we did. I think it was RSV NIV now it's ESV But but if you would just to humor this old man, read it in the King James now Matthew right. twenty six twenty eight.
0: Okay, uh, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins.
1: And thank you for the emphasis there. Yeah, what's what's the different word that they used?
0: Yeah, so it's the ESV, covenant, and then the King James, Testament, and even New Testament.
1: And, and it is a difficult thing to know how to translate, because uh, the word there in the Greek is diatheke, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I know how to pronounce Greek words correctly. I hope I'm not <laughs> offending someone out there who actually knows what how to say these things. Uh, but I believe it's diatheke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and honestly, it, it's a difficult word to translate, because if you go into the Old Testament and you go into the, the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament, uh, that's the word they use for covenant, barith. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But, but so the Greek, the Old Testament word covenant, right, uh, that they, they use diatheke. Uh, um, uh, so I can see where the ESV translators say, well, let, let's, let's use covenant then. That's, that's what they would have been thinking of. Uh, and, and, but the thing is, the word diatheke actually in the Greek means your will as in last will and testament. Testament, sure, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not sure that I understood that when I heard it in the King James. It just was the word we used, testament. But but I think we need to know that the, the normal sense of diatheke would be what you want to happen when when you die um now of course would that make any sense to the jews when they they read that god made a covenant with them and and the greek word would have been that this is a this is a will uh maybe not because god doesn't die right god lives forever but mm-hmm. of course for us as christians right away we think oh Wow, that, that's a powerful word to use, especially in the context of the Old Testament. Maybe you do think of Isaiah 53. Maybe you do think of the fact that all the things that God promised would also require that actually God himself die. Uh, well, I, I just thought that was interesting, that that's what the Lord's Supper is. God says, uh, Jesus says, this is my last will and testament for you, that your sins would be, would be forgiven. Um so let's just explore that word covenant if we could for a yeah, little bit yeah, yeah um, just real quick, quick, you know, yeah, ahead I, I just yeah.
0: I think that's really significant you know that when what we receive in the Lord's Supper is a result of Jesus' death, right? If oh. Jesus hadn't died, if he didn't shed his blood on the cross, well, then the, the Lord's Supper would be pretty empty of meaning. But if we're re- if he did die, right, as he most certainly did and rose from the dead, we're receiving the benefits of that. We're receiving the benefits of, in, in many ways, his last will and testament, right? We're the beneficiaries of that. And what Jesus did on the cross, then delivered to us in the Lord's Supper. So I I think that's so important that the death was necessary to receive, to be beneficiaries of this great gift in his body and blood. So, yeah, that's a great point.
1: Well, and 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 the thing is, is is that that whole Lord's Supper, it, if you look at it, that death is just all over there, isn't it? It's the body given, it's the blood shed. Uh, I, I wonder if people know that the word remembrance, because right, he says, do this in remembrance, uh, that that's the Greek word for a gravestone. Right, that's what a a, a this was. It was the stone you put up to remember somebody. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to jump the gun here in, in terms of the the stuff that I gave you because I hope people understand we we're not that good. <laughs> we can't just instantaneously, instantaneously rather, turn to Bible passages. We we kind of cheat. So if you actually jump, especially the,
0: when you're throwing different versions at me, John.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's not like you got. Oh, I've got my King James and here's my NIV and my ESV. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, uh, read, if you would, Hebrews nine fifteen to 18, because I think it actually fits into this whole inheritance thing we were talking about. Okay, sure. Uh,
0: therefore, he is the mediator of a, here we go, new covenant.
1: Now, now Matt, I'm so going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you, because okay. it's interesting. Because I, I just assumed that King James would always use the word testament, wherever the word D-F-A-K was used. But the King James actually uses two different translations. Sometimes they will use the word covenant, you know, just like our modern ESV does. But in the in the context, whenever the word new is used, they always use the word testament. So here again in the King James, it would be therefore he is a mediator of a new testament. Okay, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, but but go ahead and start at the beginning there and read. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, therefore he is the mediator of a new tes- testament or new covenant. So, so it's interesting. So
1: so obviously the, the, the people who were reading and writing the New Testament, they understood that word as being related to an inheritance, being related to a will. Uh, in fact, the author of Hebrews uses the word there. Uh, and I like the way you handle that. So when you're talking about the first one, you did use the word covenant uh, but when you're talking about the new thing uh you use the word testament um because you know that's the problem with the first covenant uh, there there were a lot of covenants that god made with the people of, of israel uh he made a covenant uh to abraham uh in fact you want to read a couple of those passages matt uh maybe oh let's start with noah because i forgot there was a covenant with noah oh yeah you bet uh yeah, um, genesis yeah.
0: chapter six right yeah yeah Honestly.
1: read that one that's good yeah,
0: yeah. I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wives, and your sons' wives with you.
1: And and so then there's also a covenant made with Abraham. Uh, I think Genesis 1710 probably would be the best one there. Okay.
0: This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised.
1: And, and then, of course, there's the one that we usually think of. I, I, I wanted to share these other covenants uh, with the flood and with Abraham, because usually when you hear the word covenant in the Old Testament, what do you usually think of right away, Matt? Um,
0: well, I, the uh, uh, Mount Sinai is one of them, and I think that you know that's another couple examples here. you know um, keeping the covenant uh, that God has established there.
1: Yeah, so that's what I always think of too. I think of the I think of the, Mount Sinai, the 10 commandments, that's the covenant. Yeah. Uh but of course the problem is as the author of Jeremiah tells us that they broke those covenants. A, yeah. And I'm wondering if if uh, the, of course the most emphasis there is the law that God gave to them at Mount Sinai, but I wonder if they also didn't break the covenant of faith that had been made with Abraham, the covenant of circumcision. Well, whatever God felt compelled to give them a new covenant, and maybe we could wrap up with that if you'd read Hebrews 8, 6 through 13.
0: Yeah, you bet. Uh, but as it is, uh, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, uh, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For the first covenant has, had been, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Where he finds fault with them when he says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with the, for their fathers on that day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue my covenant. And so I show no concern for them, declares the Lord for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor as each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more.
1: All right, thank you, Matt. So, We have an inheritance. We have a new testament, and it is the forgiveness of sins. This has been
0: Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basics.
1: Basics.